and welcome to Football Scotland Daily, the podcast that brings you all the big news, analysis and debate Monday to Friday, just in time for your daily commute. I'm Gary Mackay, and joining me today is your dad and mine, Jules Boyle. Alright son. <laughs> On today's show, we'll be looking ahead to tonight's League Cup Quarter final ties and stepping into the Adam roll as we discuss footballers on Twitter. So let's just get right into it. We've got four games tonight in the League Cup Quarter final. Yes, it's the end of September and we're doing Cup Quarter finals because that's what we do in <laughs> Scotland. Um, let's start off. We've got Celtic Partick Thistle at Celtic Park tonight. New man in the Partick Thistle dugout, obviously, Ian McCall, but that's got to be an easy Celtic win, surely, Jules? Surely, you think. No, no disrespect to Partick Thistle. Um, even at a point when they were doing better, you would still think that's going to be an easy one. You've got the combination of Celtic absolutely on fire at the moment. Um, Partick Thistle really not having a good time at all. New manager. A new manager always kind of brings in a wee bit of boost, I think, especially if things are a bit rough. Um, it's quite unfortunate for them that their first game is against, you know, that Celtic team who are, you know, looking pretty unstoppable at the moment. Um, again, though, it's a cup game, and you never know. Um, and that, that's, that's the beauty of the cup, as you always say. I mean, you never know what he's going to think. Celtic are no strangers to a horrible upset, even when they've been on, on form. Um, you've got to say, I mean, I'm sure the odds are massively uh, in Celtic's favour for it. Uh, you look at the Dunfermline game, I think that's, uh, domestically, that's the, the most Celtic have struggled this season so far. Um, they did have like a you know bajillion shots and goal. To use a technical term. <laughs> um, you know they they finally got through there, and when you did a European hangover to think about, there was these situations. But it's a cup game, and there's a lot of pressure in a cup game because you know if Celtic lose a league game, you're probably still going to win the league. Chances are they're going to be favourites for the league. If it was a cup game, they're out the cup. Do you know what I mean? And then there is that pressure, and because especially with this, you know, now ridiculous tri- treble treble behind them. There's this way, and I, th- I don't think a lot of Celtic fans are really expecting a fourth treble because it is such a difficult thing to do. You will get those sort of bedwetters that will demand it. Do you know what I mean? Of that sort of thing, nobody really cares about it. Thought what it win the league? That's the important bit. But that's going to be in the back of their mind because at some point this run is going to stop. They're going to fall out the cup. They're going. To, that's going to be the end of it. And this will be quite an early one, so they'll probably get that in their mind. But again, saying that it is this. It is a way again. Um, it's good that Thistle have got McCall back. It's a, it's a real big deal, and, and I'm very hopeful that that will kind of he'll be able to steady the ship for them and get them back up where they should be. But yeah, you've got to just say that's a, that's a Celtic win all day long. Absolutely. Uh, though Neil Lennon spoke about the pressure, and he said he thought there was less pressure on the players this year because they've won the League Cup the last three years in a row. So do you think that's an indication from Lennon that he'll be making a good few changes for tonight's game? I think so. I mean, I mean the thing is with that team as well, do you know what I mean, they probably will be making changes anyway because they've got like two players for every position that are decent. Do you know what I mean, you look at that second team of who they've got and you go, yep, that's all. There's nobody in that really you think, oh no, they're bringing in that guy. Oh, God Almighty, look what we've got. We don't have a recognised striker up front. Or that. They've, got, they've got quality over the pitch. Unless Jack Hendry comes in. Unless Jack Hendry comes in. You go, oh, well, he's in the third team. Yeah. I mean, that, that's the beauty of it now. There's, there's actually so much face. So I'm very positive there will be a lot of changes. And not a lot, but there'll be, I could probably even see maybe like four, four or five maybe even. Um, or people you know, only doing ha- uh, half a game and coming back in. So he's definitely going to be doing that. But he said it also, he said himself, though, it's the cup he's never won as a manager. Um, ever, do you know what I mean? Which we had to think about and go, that's actually right, he's never done that there. So he's desperate to get his hands in that as well. And he doesn't want to be the manager that, that drops the ball on, on this run, do you know what I mean? And it's bound to happen, and it probably will be him because he'll be there for a while when you can't continue this way of, of things. The odds are so against it. So, But he'll be desperate to win it. He'll be going out to win it in style and do it properly in the way they've been playing, attacking football, you know, different avenues of attack, doing all these sort of things, not messing about with the ball at the back. He's going to be gagging to win it, do you know what I mean? And by saying that, he's just putting it down a little bit. 
Yeah, absolutely. I knew he hadn't won the League Cup because he lost the final to Kilmarnock in 2012. <sighs> <laughs> I remember. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the second game in this list, which I've just put together arbitrarily, it's not in order of importance, um, <laughs> is Livingston v Rangers. Now, obviously, you'd make Rangers favourites for that game again, absolutely. but we know Livingston's a difficult place to go. A lot of teams say that they don't like playing on that pitch. Gary Holt's got that team well organised. They've had a 100%. good start to the season. They're a difficult team to beat. I mean, he was saying yesterday that they'll need to do the dirty side of the game well, which I don't think he, by which he means, <laughs> are going to kick Rangers off the pitch. I mean, he thinks yeah. that they're going to be committed and definitely yeah. hard to Physical. beat. So, um, what do you think about that one? Um, again, I think we've summed up nicely there. You would obviously Rangers are clear favourites um, by, by some margin. But as you say, it's a really, really difficult place to go. I don't think any team likes going up there. And that's no disrespect to their... Um, their surface or whatever but it's a part of it as well but they're a very well organised team they're a very physical team they will get in amongst it they will get up in their faces they'll be doing their best to frustrate and stop Rangers playing the type of football that they like to play and they've got the advantage it is in their home ground and again I think we saw um, we've seen recently with other teams playing there there's almost something in the back of their mind that the players are kind of I, I suspect sort of, sort of aware of not wanting to get hurt on this pitch um, it causes in- these sort of things you get injuries on it it holds things back a little bit. It's, diff- it's difficult to play on. You can you can see it. It's a it's a hard game again. Again, cup game can go either way, and it's away again, of course. I mean, so um, there there is that possibility. You know, and it would be an upset. Let's be honest. You've got to see Rangers are massive favourites. You watched the other day, um, the second half, the first half. I think the other day they were you know not impressive at all. Um, second half they were just unplayable again and just steamrolled over the top. Um, and that's obviously what Gerard's going to be looking to do when he goes up there. I can expect them doing it um, fairly quickly. I think, they'll, I think they'll be coming out fairly quickly and try to sort of establish themselves on that game and not let it sit and not be in a situation again where they're getting a bit nervy and it's going on a little bit. So I think they'll be, as long as I think they get out the traps quickly and they get an early goal, I think it's probably going to be a foregone conclusion. Whether that happens or not, I don't know. There arguably is, though, quite a bit of pressure on Rangers in this game because it's a game they should be winning and yeah. because they haven't won a major trophy since, what, 2011, eight years ago. The Gerard and I think McAllister have spoken about the need to get a trophy on the board. Yeah. The Rangers fans are obviously craving a major trophy. So if there's an upset here, if they go out in the quarterfinal to Livingston, having failed to reach either of the cup finals last year, having failed to win the league last year, okay, they're only three points behind in the league at the start of this season. The league obviously is the main goal for them yeah. and all the rest of it. But if they go out of the cup and that's one of three possible trophies off the board, I mean, four, I guess, if you count the Europa League, but I think we can safely say Rangers <laughs> are not going to win the Europa no, League. No, it's not, that's not coming up with Scotland, I think, for, um, so, yes, for some Yes, exactly. So, but if it's one of three domestic trophies taken off the off the board yeah. when we're not even in October yet, that you know, it's, it's, a, bit, it's a lot of pressure oh, to definitely. put on, on the team. Oh, totally, absolutely. And to be fair, probably more pressure on Rangers than it is in Celtic because they've already got all the success recently and it would all it would be is you know, a dunt of a you know, quadruple treble or some insane nonsense of that um, th- this is Rangers are gagging for some silverware I mean the fans are gagging for it they've been waiting for it for a long time here um, obviously they've got eyes in the league um, that's, that's their ultimate goal but the cups are where you can get you know other silverware that's, yeah, that's it how it works yeah it can give you a boost with the cup being yeah. so early if you if you win that cup early I mean if you're if you're Rangers and you win that cup early, it can give you a boost going oh, going later into the season it's and like maybe help you to try and uh, get across the league. I mean, I think Jose Mourinho always spoke about that when he was manager in England, that yeah. he always liked to win the League Cup because it ah. got your players that taste of silverware and it gives them that... Gets them G'd up. Yeah, exactly. Gets them that motivation and that confidence to then go on and win you know, yeah. the, the, the bigger prizes. Definitely. And, and also as well, the knock-on is it can is it a psychological de- detriment to the team that didn't win it. So if Rangers win it, that's a, that's a done to Celtic going, right, OK, this is... This is on here. I mean, we've messed this up. They've got ahead. Is they've got that, 
and it's, I mean, that's a huge thing. I mean, so going out is a huge boost for one team and a real dunt for the other, and the, the, the opposite ways as well as winning it. So, so yeah, that's probably. I mean, to be honest, this is probably that's that's the big one. I think. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the next one we've got is at Tynecastle. We've got Hearts against Aberdeen. Craig Levine kind of got back to winning ways at the weekend, lifted some of the pressure on him, but we. We know that it's not just been this season, it's been over no. a prolonged period that the Hearts fans have grown a bit restless under his tenure. Uh, it's a difficult game at Tynecastle, but if he can win this, having got to the Scottish Cup final last season, get them back to Hamden, that could help him. How do you see this one going? Ah, I don't want to pile on Craig Levine too much. Um. <laughs> on his skull of... On his skull of thrones, yeah, his throne, throne of, of, skulls, of skulls, yeah. skulls that he sits on, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, sorry, smoking a cigar. So, no, but... Yeah, that that game at the weekend, I mean, that was a huge, huge, huge win for them. Um, they looked quite decent at points, especially in the second, the second half of it with both teams, to be honest. Um, the pressure's off mildly. They basically didn't get scudded at his lowest point by their biggest rivals. That's not a massive amount of pressure to be relieved because it's all still on there. The record's still there. The performance's still there. Again, if he goes... I mean, last season, obviously, they, they were very poor, but they got through the final... Um, although, as I keep saying, you look at the run to the final, it wasn't the most difficult uh, pathways, do you know what I mean? No. Um, if they go out, if, if, he, if he wins this, it's fine, and that keeps it going, and it's basically keeping the wolf through the door a little bit. If he goes out tonight, the pressure's back on double, you know what I mean? Because again, that's that's a, a team like the Hearts, that's one of their opportunities for silverware, or, or a run even of that, because they're not going to win the league. So you look at that, but it's Aberdeen. Do you know what I mean? And if it was one of the other teams, it's, you know, it, it could have been more of a sort of thing. Well, not what's left, actually. It's a lot of decent teams left. As Aberdeen, they are not an easy team to go, to go and No, they've got a very good record I mean? in the Cups. Very and they, good got, they got to the, the final of the League Cup last year. Constant uh, cup attenders. I mean, yeah. they, they do very well Finals in the and semi-finals all the time. All yeah. the time. All the time. Um, so that's a really difficult one. Hearts are at home, I think, aren't they? Yes, they are. Yep, Hearts are at home. So that might give a little bit of advantage. But again, you go, well, actually... Home advantage should, but if your fans are all totally freaking out and growling and saying you better do this, you better do that, that's not exactly that takes away the home advantage a little bit. Yeah, if you can see an early goal oh. and the the, the, the the restless energy from the stands, uh-huh, absolutely. Uh-huh, the growling from Gorky is quite <laughs> it just becomes a thing. So I don't know if home advantage is enough. Um, it's going to make it much of a difference. The pressure's massive on them, absolutely huge, and that's not to make it all about them obviously Aberdeen because again as, as we say you know I mean? they're, they're regularly in semi-finals and cup finals that's one of the things they do so there's a bit pressure though because that's where they want to be getting a run and, and doing well and maybe one of these day, years you know winning winning again and doing these things but it, you know, I think the story's all about hearts the pressure on them is absolutely colossal the pressure on Levine's colossal and we've said it a million times they've got tons of good players they, they really should be doing better than they are are they should they be doing better than Aberdeen at the moment? No, I don't think they should. Do you know what I mean that that's the issue. If they were playing against you know Hibs again or you know Livingston, Partick Thistle, Thistle or something, you think right with the players they've got, they should be good enough to get over this. But it's Aberdeen they've got. It's probably outside Celtic Rangers. It's your hardest draw they could have got. It's at home. I've got to fancy Aberdeen for that really, and I think and I think that will just mount the pressure right back on. It'll be the weekend sort of struck off again, and I think it will be back on a. Um, the director of football at Hearts having to seriously consider cancelling the manager's job. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, do you think that this season could be an opportunity for Aberdeen to finally get their hands on some silver? I mean, we said they've got a good record in the Cups, which they do. They're constantly getting to Hamden, but they've actually only won one trophy under McInnes for yeah. all the good work he's yeah, done, uh-huh. for the times they finished second. You know, um, that nobody's doubting the good job he's done there, but 
they have only got that one League Cup that they won. So do you think that this season they really need to be getting another trophy on the board? I think they would, you would like they, they would like to obviously. I mean, I think McInnes has been unlucky that he's he's been there for mostly um, a period when Celtic have properly dominated Scottish football. But there's no um, there's no insult to the man. Do you know what I mean of that kind of thing because he's been doing this and you watch some of those finals of playing Celtic. There's been some that's been really really tight. Do you know what I mean like really they've been unlo- yeah. There was that one where there was the it was I think it was was it nil nil and there was a last minute winner from was it Rogic? Rogic, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah still knocked them off the roof for that one. Um, but yeah, so they were they were that could have went either way. Do you know what I mean that was really tight. Other ones not so much, but. He puts together good teams. He puts together strong teams. This year against, like the last few years, it's, it's entirely likely that they could, you know, get to a final like easily, and it's entirely likely they could win one because again, it's a final, um, and he's well with, capable of doing it. He seems to have built another team that are solid and do and doing what they you know, they play the football he likes them to play. Um, so so yeah, it's it's entirely doable. Um, and again, they've got a very under fire, struggling hearts to get through for this round at least. So you've got to fancy them because getting, getting up towards it at the very least, I would say. Absolutely, and that's sort of a perfect cup team. Yeah, uh, so totally. the final match tonight, obviously saved the most important to last, is Kilmarnock against Hibs. And I think the big story going into this game is obviously the pressure that's on Paul Heckingbottom. Yes. You know, if some of it was relieved on Levine at the weekend, it's been it's doubled on, on Heckingbottom. Yeah. So um, do you think if they go out tonight that he could uh, be getting his... Uh, what is it, sandwiches in a roadmap or whatever they call it? <laughs> totally. Jotters, basic jotters, jotters. getting basic jotters. Yeah, well, I mean, I think I saw, um, I think Hibs put out a statement yesterday, whatever, saying it's too early to be talking about these sort of things. These statements will come out and then somebody's chucked it up. I mean, that's the know. dreaded vote of confidence, isn't uh, it? Is when the club yeah. gives the vote of confidence, like, that's oh, usually, it's exactly. only a few weeks until... Here we go, it's yeah. like tick, 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 so the, the clock's ticking. He's very unfortunate as well, because obviously he had that game there. You've got this tonight. Um, against Kelly, but then he's all, in, in the league. He's got like Celtic Aberdeen the next game. You know what I mean, so we'll talk about the cup. But he's, he's got a hard road ahead of him. Even scraggle some points out. So probably going to be bottom of the league at some point soon. Tonight, Kelly again, very very difficult team to play against these days. Alessio's got them organised. That defence is looking really great. Obviously, the weekend there, Celtic, you know, punched a few holes in it. Celtic at home. Do you know what I mean, again, that's not a, an insult to the man for that. Um, a good account himself. It's a hard job he's got tonight because the pressure is going to be so on him and on the players as well. It's very difficult. I mean, professional sportsmen are always saying stuff, but getting their heads kept up. And again, I'm just not sure what kind of football he's wanting to play. Do you know what I mean? You, you've, the last few games I've watched it, and they don't seem to they just seem to be playing football. Do you know what I mean? They, they don't seem to be like an attacking team or a defensive or whatever. It just seems to be like, I don't know. There seems to be a lack of guidance or a lack of not aye, a, bit like a kick about doing the park. Aye, aye. It seems to be like that, and it's I'm not saying it's a lack of heart because because it's not that but there seems to be a lack of belief maybe and a lack of knowing what they're meant to be doing a lack of guidance and this is coming steering back around to Heckenbottom really but there seems to be just a bit headless chicken vibe about it at the moment a bit of lack of a lack of belief really do you know what I mean and they've got what they need to do to not just get back up the table or, or save his job or just actually game to game of a do in the game or what they're going to do and I, I can see Kelly just you know putting that to bed really and I think I think that could be it's another nail in his coffin, basically. Yeah, I'll be interested to see if he persists with I mean, because I, I go on about it on the podcast all the time, but he keeps going with this midfield with both Malin and Allen in it, which I think uh-huh. is crazy, because I don't think, if you've got a midfield three and two of them don't like running or tackling, then <laughs> teams will walk through. I think this yeah. game's very much one, I think, if Kelly scored first, I think Kelly will win, yeah. because, um, as you say, Kelly are good defensively. I think Hibs' heads will go down if Kelly scored. Yeah, the, so. the bright side for Hibs is that... Um, 
Kelly haven't scored a lot of goals this season. No. Um, Alessio's sort of sorted out the shape and the, the defence uh, looking very solid. Still hasn't quite uh, got, got him to click in attack. We'll maybe... Uh-huh. You know, you maybe see some of the new boys coming in. Harvey Sinclair, I thought when he came on against Celtic, looked decent. Okay, he was only on 10, 15 minutes. But yep, he had a nice yep. wee pass for the penalty that Kelly got and then yeah. missed. So he was maybe someone who can come in and give a bit more of a creative spark. But it's one of those where I think the first goal is crucial. I know yeah. people will say that's like a cliche, but I think in this one it really is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think yeah. if Kelly scores first, I think Kelly will go through. If Hibs score first, then, you know, maybe that gives them a bit of confidence and Kelly don't score many, so they might be able to do it. They don't, I totally agree. But again, Hibs' defence isn't convincing in any shape or form. And I think even if they do score first, you can't, you know, there's no guarantee that they're they're capable of even shutting up the shop. Do you know what I mean? To be honest, I think Kelly, as much as they don't score goals, you would fancy them maybe, you know, still be able to get, you know, get back on it, I think. So it's, yeah, it's it's very unlikely, I think. I think if Kelly score first, definitely that's out of the window. But even if they don't, you know, I, w- I wouldn't like to be a Hibs fan at the moment, put it that way. And I think I speak for all Kelly fans when I say I hope Stephen Whitaker's playing it right back against Liam Miller <laughs> again. And because he gave him a bit of a, a Jordan Jones last time, yes. Yeah. Right, so we'll just go back through the games very quickly. Just one word, like score prediction, Celtic v Partick Thistle. 4-0. Four 4-0. Nil. Four nil. Livingston v Rangers. 2-1 Rangers. Hearts v Aberdeen. One nil hearts. One nil, no one Aberdeen. Sorry, one Aberdeen. <laughs> and Kilmarnock v Hibs. Um, one nil for the Kelly as well. Okay, so we've got Celtic, Rangers, Aberdeen, and Kilmarnock in the yep. last four. You heard oh. it here first, folks. What's your ones? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go for Celtic three nil. Partick Thistle. I can see them scoring early and maybe taking the foot off the gas to save a bit of energy. True. Yeah, two one Rangers against Livingston. One nil Aberdeen against Hearts, and yeah, two. 2-0 Kelly against Hibs. Oh. I hate predicting Kelly to win because it always comes back to bite me. So um, I'll be in the podcast tomorrow lamenting that. But anyway, we'll, mo- we'll move on to move on. a subject that we really should have Adam here for, but he's away in Italy, so we'll have to handle it ourselves, which is footballers on Twitter. So we all know that footballers tend to be rather, sort of, well, bland on Twitter. We go again, and unbelievable support today, clapping emoji, and all the rest <laughs> of it. So this was brought into stark focus last night by a tweet I saw from new Kilmarnock signing Harvey St. Clair, who we mentioned earlier, who wrote, for Twitter, it starts for Twitter, because obviously <laughs> some PA sold to put on there, not the result we wanted, although it was a pleasure and honour to make my hashtag SPL, it's not the SPL anymore, <laughs> debut at Celtic Park. We go again, Kellys, see you at Rugby <laughs> Park tomorrow, hashtag Kellys, hashtag hard work. Hashtag focus. <laughs> and I also noticed he has in his bio that he is a footballer for Kilmarnock FC. Oh, God. Yes. So um, no disrespect to him as a player. Um, I and think from what I've seen of him, he looks a decent player. But um, well, fair play to him, though. Do you know what I mean? He's, you know, he's went out and done it. I mean, obviously, he's, <laughs> his first skill is footballing. Yeah, um, absolutely. You know, yeah. Um, I don't know where social media comes no, from. No, I think he needs to get a better social media person I or think. at least get someone to tell him, take the for Twitter off before yes. you copy paste it so, in. Uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. Get a better social media. Person. Obviously, there is a social media person there. It's well, done this, be, yeah, because I can't imagine he would write for Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> Unless so. he thinks that's just polite manners. Yeah, like, maybe it is. Yeah, to <laughs> whom it be concerned. <laughs> dear yeah. Sir Madam. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we um, should all start doing that on Twitter. Yeah, dear Sir Madam. Yeah. you are ugly. <laughs> yeah. That's what you do on Twitter, isn't it? Yeah. Just tweet Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Um, so one person who is the exact opposite of the sort of football or corporate social media one is former Celtic Motherwell St. Johnson Kilmarnock striker Killian Sheridan. So some listeners might have seen the following tweet which went viral, which was, Norwich City was the first club I went to on trial when I was younger, so I always look out for the results and hope they get hammered. They didn't offer me anything. (laughs) 
And there was also the, ah, there was also the time the, the official SPFL account tweeted a video of him scoring three goals against Hearts at Tynecastle, which Sheridan described as, quote, probably the best hat-trick ever in the history of football. <laughs> and then followed up by saying it was so good that he never scored another one because he knew he couldn't top it. But my favourite thing that he's been doing <laughs> is earlier this month, um, he moved his Twitter game to a new level when he began telling stories of famous players he played mm-hmm. against. Uh, the only catch being that these are entirely made up and he was just seeing if he could catch people out with them. <laughs> so the first one was when, um, you remember Roy Keane did that interview with Gary Neville. I think you guys spoke about it on, on the podcast. Yes, one yes, day. a stormer. So he said, um, seeing all these Roy Keane stories are flying about, I remember once I saw him in the gym and he heard me talking and shouted over me, over to me, get back to Cavan, you. This is no place for a charades character. To this day, I still don't understand the reference. <laughs> I assume Cavan or Cavan is somewhere in Ireland. Yes, yeah, it is okay. indeed Cavan. Yeah, um, yeah. It's where the, the Stripes were from. All right, yeah, okay. Good little band to split up recently. Right, there you go. There you go. It's lucky Johnny's not here. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then he said, yeah, for more stories like this one, keep an eye out for my upcoming book, Things That Never Happened But Would Be Funny If They Did. So here's a few, which some of them uh, he's managed to actually catch out. Um, certainly fans angry in the replies and sadly a few people in our profession uh, <laughs> looking for a, a quick story for the angle Whoa. yes so here's one of his stories I, I used to have my voicemail greeting as that stupid thing where you pretend you've answered the phone but don't have the coverage or can't hear the person we all used to have that I definitely yeah. did uh, it was the end of the season and I was out and couldn't answer my phone I checked my voicemail after a while and had at least a one minute voicemail from a confused Giovanni Trapattoni trying to talk to me I phoned back and it was to let me know that I didn't make the Euro 2012 squad <laughs> didn't happen never didn't happened happen. made no, it up no got you in he's a genius though just saw some of Vincent Company's testimonial I remember playing against him in an under 21's game he dislocated his shoulder but the warrior he is he convinced the physio to keep him on ironically he ended up getting sent off five minutes later for a deliberate handball <laughs> again never happened <laughs> never just happened made it years. up um, I remember meeting Peter Schmeichel in Birmingham once just at the end of his Aston Villa stint he said to watch out for this young player he'll be a future club legend he was talking about Jack Grealish. <laughs> now, Peter Schmeichel retired in about, what, 2002? Yeah. When Jack Grealish would have been like, six, six or something. Six. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is absolutely my favourite one. Um, the accolades Van Dyke is getting now don't surprise me one bit. I remember years ago in Scotland, about two minutes into the game, I noticed his laces weren't tied. Tackles, headers, interceptions, he won everything against me. At full time, I looked down. His laces were still untied. <laughs> Now, that one actually got picked up by the website Caught Offside, which wrote an article about it titled Hilarious Anecdote from Former Celtic Striker Shows Virgil van Dyke Was Far Too Good for Scotland. And so, Literally Caught Offside. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, and, the, and they called Sheridan, you know, no world beater, and said anyone could mark him out of a game. And then Sheridan replied going, never played against him. Looks like you, sir, have been caught offside. So he's <laughs> obviously there you go, yeah, there you got you go. The, the same pattern. Yeah. Um, <laughs> same and pattern. He obviously played a few Champions League games for Celtic, which I don't think are fondly remembered by Celtic fans, but Not he did. Massively. Um, yeah, I'd more fondly remember his jumper. Remember yeah. that? that Christmas, yeah, Christmas jumper. jumper. Yeah, I think yeah, he's always been a bit of a character. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. He was just so poor faced with it, though, and never mentioned yeah. it. Honestly. And it was just all like social media up to go, what is going on? <laughs> yeah. Do you think that's where Celtic started the tradition of their funny Christmas videos, um, just um, killing Sherry and jumper? Just you just go, that's a genius. Let's the light just keep bulb doing went this. off in the uh-huh. PR department's head. Hang on a minute. Yeah, so um, the second to last one, a few years ago in our first Champions League group game, I decided to sing the anthem in the lineup. The next day, the club got an email from UEFA asking me not to sing along as it devalues the tone of the song and the competition. <laughs> Again, did not happen. Did not happen. And uh-huh. Finally, this was just uh, earlier today, actually, I think, or maybe it was yesterday. 
Playing in Australia, I saw how much of a fight they have with the popularity of rugby. I remember getting a yellow card and one of the opposition players started going crazy at the referee because he didn't send me off the pitch. He thought I should have been sin-binned. <laughs> he's, he's an absolute genius. You've got to hand it to him. And the thing is, he writes it. They're really ludicrous. But he writes it in such a way you can see, obviously see folk jump on it and stuff. That he could almost half believe them. Yeah, it's one of those that if you don't follow him or you don't look down his Twitter feed where uh-huh. like he's obviously at the wind-up. If you just see, like, so if you just see that Van Dyke yeah. one in isolation, you could go, I mean, that could have happened. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, Sheridan played in Scotland. Van yeah. Dyke played in Scotland. That could be that real. It's not totally insane. I mean, it's not like him riding a unicorn or something. I mean, it's laces undone. But it's just the way he does it. And to be honest, I mean, no disrespect to most football players, their part are dire. I mean, it really is because they're, they're football players. I mean, and they're you know they, they make a lot of money from being talented at stuff rather than having a good part. Yeah, absolutely, and, is, and and also they they sort of have brand image. Yeah, and all aha, that. Yeah. it was like that English player. I, I just I just skimmed it today. Um, some player in England he getting slagged off for being fat and useless or something like that, and you know something like that. And his reply to the fan was basically something about rifling his mum. Right, and yeah. just went right on it, and back and forth, back and forth. But now he's had to come out, and you know the club always go. I'm really sorry for being yeah, the club out of disrespect, yeah. The guy was totally tearing into him, and it was yeah, fair, and it, and it was good. Yeah, yeah, and I'm sure most of the fans of that club, whoever they are, so I've actually skimmed it, would be going brilliant, big man. You know, well done. You know, that's funny yeah. stuff. But the, the, the corporate brand and the clubs don't want this sort of power. Whereas he can just go off. Yeah, I mean, he's. I mean, I think he's playing in Israel now. He's uh-huh. sort of, I just like that. He's obviously just a sort of journeyman player. I mean, yeah. he, I'm sure even he'd say never the best player. He's just having a good time with uh, it. Like, yeah. like, like he's not famous enough that anyone's going to tap him on the shoulder <laughs> and tell him not to do it. Stop, so, stop so doing he's just having a bit of a laugh on Twitter. I, I, very, I really like it. it. No, yeah. definitely. And also as well, it's nice to see something on Twitter that's not just bile yeah. or absolute guff. Do you know what I mean? It's actually, I think it's actually entertaining. And as a footballer, I mean, obviously you read all the footballers' books and stuff, all the very ghost-written stuff. And you go to these shows or whatever a lot of them have great stories and things like that there are pub stories but they're not like witty do you know what I mean yeah. they tell a good story and there's, there's a different sort of skill and a different sort of thing whereas this is just the, you know we know ourselves it's quite difficult to relentlessly fire out good patter yeah. by, or by rote and a lot I mean anyone quite, who listens to this podcast will know how <laughs> difficult we find it to come up with good we patter we really struggle for good patter <laughs> quite a lot so you can't see it but there is you know dust blown about the place so yeah so Roy's genius he's brilliant I can, I can recommend everyone can go and check him out and give us a follow because he is particularly entertaining um, and yeah, I'm a big fan of him. He's one of my, one of the favourite things on Twitter. Put it that way. Absolutely. So everyone, go give Killian Sheridan a follow on Twitter. That's all from us here at Football Scotland for today. We'll be back tomorrow before 4 p.m. just in time to make your daily work commute that little bit more bearable. You can get more from us at Football Scotland website or our social media channels on Facebook and Twitter, which is at football underscore Scott. Just a question with comments individually. You can get me on at Gary and Jules on Captain underscore Heidi. Until tomorrow, thanks for listening.